Good morning and welcome to episode 45 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Guys, keep those reviews coming. I love them. They make me smile. They make me happy and they make me feel warm. Yep, they do. So keep them coming on iTunes. Please head over there, leave a review and a rating for the show. I really appreciate it. Now, today's guest is Sean Clausen. He is design director at Instrument in Portland. He is a hockey fan and started as a child young into sports. That was his thing. Uh, then he moved into music, and music was actually what directed him and got him into design. So that's a really interesting story that Sean shares. And the other story that I'll tease that Sean shares with us is about one of the hardest times in his life and his design career so far. It was an event that he went out to with one of his clients, and at this event, he ended up with a traumatic, life-changing injury. He tells us all about it, tells us how he got through it, and how it affected him. And I found it just fascinating, you know, how he made it through. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this one. Sean Clausen. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Hey, Sean, how's it going today? Hey, good, Dave. How you doing? Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Are you ready for a quickie then? Let's let's go for it. All right. Well, briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Uh, my name's Sean. Um, about what three years ago, I moved to Portland, Oregon, nice. uh, to j- join this company called Instrument, um, and I'm helping leading up some design uh, for mostly projects for Google right now. So cool. So you could say that you're instrumental to the team. Oh, right. see what I did there? <laughs> we're, already, we're already doing the dad jokes. <laughs> already coming out. <laughs> That's awesome. So prior to Instrument, where were you and what were you up to? Um, prior to Instrument, I was doing a little bit of freelance. And then um, for almost a decade, I uh, ran this little studio that I started called Legwork. Cool. Um, and that was all in Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. We had another uh, Denver, Colorado person on um, just a couple days ago, Zoe Gay. Oh, I yeah. don't think so. Right. Cool. No, you're going to have to check uh, that one out. Just great. Yeah, She's from um, Gyro. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've heard of them. Awesome. Well, I want to go back even further than that and ask you about your childhood. <laughs> what was that like? What was your childhood like? And do you feel you had a creative childhood? And what made it that way? All right. Man, this is going to be like a therapy session. That's right. We're starting <laughs> at the beginning. Um. Yeah, so I was, I mean, I was born in Denver and then um, lived for a little bit in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when I, I think my childhood kind of split up in these two different ways. Okay. So like the first half, like till I was like 13 or so, um, is really all about sports. I love to play hockey. Cool. <laughs> and I love to play basketball. Um, so yeah, like did tournaments up to Canada and the, the whole deal with, with 
with that. Um, but then I would always be like drawing, yeah. and so I but I, I drew pictures of hockey players mostly. <laughs> Man, that's awesome because I'm in, I'm up in Vancouver, BC, Canada. So you're speaking to a that's true right. Canadian here. All right, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's actually a whole. I've always had an infatuation with Canada. I think because of of that with with being a kid growing up playing hockey. But yeah. um, yeah. So um, did that and like I just kind of draw for fun. And then um, in middle school, I you know it was the time when like Nirvana and um kind of the whole alternative music, whatever, was becoming a thing, and yeah. I discovered guitar. <laughs> oh, right on. Um, and my whole life kind of switched focus to, to music, and, um, like, I stopped drawing. Apparently, I can only do one creative thing at a time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, that's kind of how I ended up to where I am. So it's like the friend group that I had and then like playing in bands and um, through that, you know, it's like, Oh, someone needs to make an album cover. Someone needs to make a flyer. Uh, you got to make a website for your band. And then other bands or record labels started asking me to do the same stuff for them. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of what led to design for me and just so much in my life. You know, it's so interesting having done a number of these interviews now hearing, you know, you're probably the fifth one that said, you know, that, you know, indie music and just being involved in music was sort of their gateway to design. And I find that really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. How is that similar at all to your path? No. So I'm completely different. I'm not even a designer. I'm from the commercial print industry. Oh, cool. Um, and I started in that game about 15 years ago, and I knew nothing. I had yeah. no concept of design and anything like that. But through my career, what I've realized is I, the part I love most is talking to designers, hearing their story, <laughs> and then on the business side, helping them create you know beautiful print pieces and really tangible experiences through print. Um, yeah. And I just really wanted to scale those conversations and meet more designers and hear more stories. And this just seemed like the most natural medium to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And yes. that's a whole lovely craft in and of itself. Oh, it is. And it allows me to, you know, I don't approach this as I'm a designer. Tell me about your experiences. I mm -hmm. am the first one to say I'm absolutely not a designer, but I love hearing your stories. Yeah. You know, I think the funny thing with me is I didn't know I was a designer either. Like I didn't understand the concept of that as a job mm -hmm. until I was done with college. <laughs> like, uh, I just, it's like, Oh yeah, this is fun. I just make these things for my friends and myself and the concept of getting paid for that or anything didn't even really cross my mind. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested to hear your answer to this next one then. You know, what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Either something you've seen or been a part of. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. You know, it was probably, if I think of like other people's work, mm -hmm. it was, um, there was just, it's like the, when Flash was first coming up and being a thing and okay. I, I i found these like design portals because it was pre-social media um and um it was like these little one-off sites where you would go and get updates and see what people were working on so it'd be sites like um 
there's like K10K was one. Um, uh, Newstoday.com, I think, was another. Um, and that might be, I mean, those that sounds kind of random, but those might be the most influential in like changing me, like my entire career path and like understanding of what design was and um, like just opening these doors. And, you know, they'd have like message boards on them. That kind of thing. So um, th- this idea that you could just interact directly with these people that you admired um, was really, really cool. Yeah. So that was back in the early days of Flash on the internet. Um, yeah. Do you think it was the the visuals of them just showing you what's possible? Or do you think it was the, I guess, the sense of community in those messaging boards? What was it that you think that really made it you know, influential to you and, and sort of pull you yeah. in? I think it was a... It was a combo. Um, so, like, the community for sure, like, that kind of related to me, um, or it seemed similar to, the to like, the indie music and, like, the punk rock worlds, mm-hmm. whereas, like, these small, close-knit communities, um, and you kind of had this, like, DIY, like, outsider vibe to them mm-hmm. that was always, I was always kind of drawn to for whatever reason. Um, and then, yeah, just that you could create something... Um, and just put it out and the entire world could see it. Like that was so, so cool mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, and I think flash in particular, it just kind of, it was probably a little bit easier to do more interactive things. Yep. Um, and so just, you know, I could just lock myself up for a weekend and have something cool by the end of it and, and share it with everybody. That's so, cool. And get yeah. and get feedback you know, faster than usual. Yeah, totally. Hmm. So is there a specific designer or brand that you now look up to or closely follow? What is it about them that you like? Hmm. Honestly, I, I think I'm most inspired these days by my coworkers. Um, and a lot of them super <laughs> under the radar. They're not on social media, um, but they're doing just amazing work so i come to work just inspired every day which mm-hmm. is is really awesome oh that's such a good place to be in totally so in your career so far what do you think has been the most challenging time and why was it challenging and how did you get through it um just could be a whole other story or a whole other podcast in and of itself probably <laughs> um i'll i'll kind of give the the high level of it. Um, it's basically, you know, I, like I said, I, I ran a little small studio in Denver and, um, at one point, uh, a number of years ago now we had a mountain biking client mm-hmm. and, um, they're like, Hey, you should come try the mountain bikes. And I was like, all right, yeah, that sounds, sounds fine. I've never done it before. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, Let's give it a go. They they look really cool. They're like these five ten thousand dollar bikes, like Crazy. as much as I'd spend on a car, you know. Yeah. Um, and they just took us up to this trail near their um, warehouse, and uh, basically, you know, I think what was e- considered easy to them was not uh, easy to someone like me. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Basically, I, I fell very quickly into it and got injured really badly. Um, I had to have reconstructive surgery on my hand. Um, I had this really gnarly uh, traumatic brain injury 
Oh, and my gosh. Basically, I couldn't work for months and uh, lost, you know, I wasn't uh, part of it. I wasn't even sure if I was going to be able to design again. Like, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't look at screens for more than, like, 45 minutes at a time. Um, and, like, my eyes weren't weren't tracking correctly. Um, and that's just, like, the tip of the iceberg of, of all the gnarly stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like, I, I lost my job. I lost almost everything in my life from that. And um, this kind of started over in a lot of ways and, and just been rebuilding, rebuilding life and career and all that. And um, that was a really scary, awful time. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yikes, that's scary. So I used to be a mountain biker and I've had uh, um my only broken bone injury. I mean, of mine was nowhere near as severe as yours. Um but I was doing a sort of an urban ride we called them where we were jumping stairs throughout the city and the town and stuff like that. And uh-huh. uh when I was doing that, I um, a buddy of mine came around the corner and hit my bike as I was just pulling up and going over the set of stairs. Oh no. And so I basically <laughs> twisted it, like turned around in midair, landed on my side, put my hand out and I broke my wrist into three pieces and my hand had actually turned 30 degrees. Oh, so I was in this like <laughs> screws and pins with this big external traction bar for three months after that. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly, but that like nowhere near compared to yours. So I can yeah. I feel for you going through something like that because that's why. Yeah. yeah, mountain biking is intense, man. It <laughs> I'm, is. I'm impressed that you've uh, you've gotten away with just that. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, so at the end of that, were you like there was a, a lengthy recovery process? Would you say you're still in that recovery process, or you're you're on the mend and hammering through now? Um, I. I I think I'm like 90, 95% there. Um, Mm -hmm. I still have some, like my hand is fine. Um, It's just, there's some like symptoms that will pop up every once in a while with my head still. Mm -hmm. Um, I still feel like I'm a little bit slower at processing things than I used to be. Um, I I, I deal with some migraines and and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So So after you were recovered, did they like at least hold off and still give you the business or did they find somebody else? Oh, it was not good. They they did like the worst possible thing in every move, probably. But oh no, <laughs> uh, yeah. I I don't know. I I'm probably not supposed to. No, that's fine. To get into that, but yeah, <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, because that yeah. would just com- that would just compound. You know the the personal injury stuff you're dealing with. Oh yeah, that's what the. My my neurologist at the time, they're like, the worst thing for you right now is stressful situations. If you have them, just walk away. And it ended up being the most stressful period of my life by far. So, Crazy. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I want you to take us to a design or a project that you were a part of that you completed um, that did not go well or bring the desired result. Um, what was that like and how did that feel? Oh man, let me think about that for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be you know something on the client yeah. side that just didn't hit a home run like you thought it would, or I, um, it's it's like the outcome, yeah, but the process getting there was 
really rough too. Um, so just an old company and um, it, we did a lot of work for ad agencies. They'd hire us to do like these just kind of little experiential sites and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it was for, so they, is this agency in New York and they, they hired us to help them build a, a site for a yogurt company. Okay. <laughs> Um, and they just had these massive dreams of like this crazy, like full screen parallaxy scrolling, like whatever gnarliness. Um, and it's, so we had like, basically what they wanted was something that I don't, it wasn't necessarily technically feasible to pull off. Mm-hmm. Um, especially at the time and um, I think the distance um, of them being in New York and just the cultural things like you know East Coast tends to be more intense um, and like they were the kind of people that they're like I remember the creative director over there telling me how he was like bragging about falling asleep while he was working because he worked so much like he'd work like 100 hour weeks and that was just kind of the norm there. Crazy. So <laughs> it was just, so it's basically like the setup for this really stressful situation. Um, pair that um, with the, like this misaligned expectations. And then um, we had just hired uh, a new developer and he was working on the project and he was supposed to be getting, you know, this prototype going and the whole thing set up. And um, it was fairly smooth till then. It turns out, uh, yeah, he wasn't able to to actually build it right, and um, didn't know until like the day of that we were supposed to be showing it to the, the client, and they were oh, supposed no. to be presenting it to the their, to their client, and um, everything just totally blew up at that point, um, and they like flew out worked in our office um it's just like around the clock um and it was really stressful and awful and out of that it's like the site just even we finished it but it was just such a bummer it was didn't no one was happy with it you know mm. um i i, I it was probably not up very long before they had to redo it anyways and it's just everyone throughout is just disappointment all around. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like one of those projects where you just, it, it goes so sideways in ways that you couldn't have even planned or anticipated to avoid. Um, it just keeps throwing curveballs at you and you just got to deal with it as it comes. Yeah. It's just one after the other. And, um, you know, we knew it was going to be a tough project at the beginning, but we're also mm -hmm. really excited about that. So, um, so what's the what's the lesson in all of this for for designers? Like, what's something that you know we can we can pull from this and say, watch out for X yeah. or I, learn from X. To me, the the biggest thing was communicate early and often. Um, like, I should have been communicating more with the the developer working on it. Um, and we all should have been communicating more with our client and, and doing a better job of setting expectations um, and, you know, making it, it's kind of like we're 
on different teams competing against each other and it should have been like hey we're on the same team working towards the the same goal mm-hmm. and in, in that kind of situation it can easily turn in from you know a team what should be a team project to everybody sort of covering their own ass situation right yep uh dangerous yep um so right now what is something you're struggling with in your design career right now um that's a good question i think it's getting through the quickie interview (laughs) no this is (laughs) this is surprisingly uh painless it's really it's nice nice to talk to you it's fun um i think you know for me it's this question of like career paths of as you get more and more senior, you push in the more, more and more of these management roles, mm-hmm. which is all well and good, but I still love the craft and I still love designing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I got into this and um, it's what I care about the most. And so it's trying to find this spot where I, I fit in a, in a leadership type of role, but I can still be a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, at Instrument, they've tried to carve out this place for that. Um, and that's the role that I'm, I'm sort of helping develop and, and just creating for myself there. Um, but it's just this weird thing to me that someone keeps getting good at their job and better and better. And then as they get good, they, you take them away from doing what they're good at and put them <laughs> yeah. into something yeah. that's just totally foreign to them. Um, and it's like basically you'll keep getting promoted until you're incompetent at your job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I don't want to get to that point. Uh, like I want to do, you know, I want to be at where I'm, I'm working at my best. And mm-hmm. um, I, yeah. So that's a, that's this weird struggle as you gain experience, I think. That's interesting because in, you know, my, some of my career has been in sales and print sales and, mm-hmm. you know, one of the sayings is you never take a great salesperson and put them as a sales manager. Right. Because and it's the same kind of thing. You know, why would you take a great designer who's brilliant at their craft and pull them further away from it and allow them to manage people who are doing the craft? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yes, exact same sentiment. Yeah. What an interesting position. So, yeah. Okay. I'm turning the corner to the happy place here for you. All right. <laughs> so t- tell us about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of, one that makes your heart sing or maybe the biggest design feather in your cap. Hmm. Let's see. I've been fortunate to work on a lot of really cool projects. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I guess there's like three or four that are popping up. Can I give <laughs> – it's, it's hard to pick a favorite child. Yeah, throw, cu- throw a couple down with some variety. Um. I'll kind of go in chronological order. Um, One site that it was uh, basically doing the website for this movie called Paranorman. Okay. um, Which um, it was done by this stop motion studio called Leica. Um, So I don't have, have you heard of them or no, I haven't that maybe. Okay. Yeah. The movie is really cool. Um, More like they did Coraline, um, what's the most recent one they did? I think it's called like Kubo and two strings or something like that. But they're, they're stop motion artists and their, their attention to detail and their, their love of their craft. is just insane. Mm. So, um, we basically, um, did this 
cool site to represent the movie. We got um, scenes shot custom for the website um, and also had to do a bunch of work in general. But basically, we recreated some scenes from the movie in an interactive form, and it was this awesome experience and got a lot of notoriety. Um, It's super... It's just like a really cool time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led to another project with the same company, um, not the same client, but this was through uh, Wyden and Kennedy, who, which is an agency in Portland. Yep. Um, and they brought us in to help with uh, us making an interactive experience for uh, a Super Bowl ad. Uh, it's like Clint Eastwood doing the, like, it's halftime in America. Um, (laughs) and it was just this wild thing to see uh what happens when you have something that's viewed on like such a large scale like we had um we could see the traffic coming in as the commercial aired during the super bowl and stuff and the, the point of the website was to visualize people sharing it the the ad with their um Facebook and Twitter friends. So mm-hmm. it's like this data visualization thing. It's just really cool. Um, and then um, more recently, um, last year launched this uh, experience called Google Science Fair. Okay. And um, it's basically Google sponsors the global science competition um, as for 13 to 18 year olds around the world. Um, and the the big uh, push with it this last go around was how can we make it more inclusive mm-hmm. and um, reach you know different different audiences that maybe don't necessarily have the same resources and and you know the whole thing it's like this really heavy heavy thing um, and it so like the challenges with that where it's like not only drawing like there's like this marketing component where it's like how do we reach all these people and get them excited about it and then there is a like a a product um like that kind of side of thing where it's like how do they actually um submit their project and um how do we do it in a way that it's easy for for anyone to do um that has access to a computer or a phone um and that was just, it was one of the more challenging things I've ever worked on. And it's also just really rewarding. Um, Mm -hmm. And the, the ideas that the kids have come up with, they're just unbelievable. They're, they're way smarter than all of us. So (laughs) it gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope for the future. For sure. And there was Google science. fair. Yeah. It's just Google science fair.com. I think what's there now is just, a kind of a list of winners but it was this whole big experience when it was ongoing so but it's still cool to check out because you can see what the kids um have have um created that's cool yeah i like that one so what is um last question here before i get into the lightning round Um, lightning. (laughs) (laughs) what is one design product tool website or community you just can't live without Oh, sorry. I got to think about that too. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, you know, like I was always like a Photoshop guy and I love that, but I've since 
totally thrown out the, out the window and I'm really excited by all the new tools and um, competition that's going on. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's just like what brand of hammer you want to use to build your wall. You know, it doesn't, that kind of stuff doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, so I guess I'd almost say like uh, pen and paper or something, which sounds, I don't know if that sounds pretentious or just no. kind of silly, but uh, it's, it's, it's the power of the concept. Um, that's that's what matters, and the tool that you use to to make that a reality is it feels kind of secondary to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great one. Pencil and paper. Yeah. Perfect. So before I get into the lightning round, actually, I want to ask you the pay it forward question. So my last guest was Jessica. She is a, a sort of motion motion information designer would be the way to say that. Um, and she's also an international speaker. So she, wow. yeah, she's also the owner of an agency called grids in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So she's uh, very well known. She's very talented and she wanted to ask you, um, how are you currently challenging yourself in your design career? I am pushing myself to be a better public speaker. <laughs> Though that's the perfect person <laughs> Which to is, ask that question. Yeah, I should maybe hit her up. Um, so that's, you know, I'm most comfortable, like I was kind of saying earlier, just kind of being a designer and um, having headphones on and, and just doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're, the, the amount of impact you can have is limited in that regard. So um, I've really been trying to, approach speaking in ways that I approach my work and um, learn the process and and learn little tricks and shortcuts Mm -hmm. um, and methods and um, just approach it like another craft. So I have a long ways to go, but but I'll get there. That's perfect. What a great question from Jessica. And I actually met her um, at the Design Thinkers Conference in Vancouver. Um, Uh She she was a speaker there. And we, without even knowing who each other were, we connected back in the green room and backstage because the person I was introducing was right after her talk. So it was really funny how that came full circle. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, So what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest? I'm not going to tell you who they are, but ask them anything. Um, This would be... Well, assuming, I guess, whatever job title they have, but why Why do they want to do that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like what's the why in their, in their career path? The why in their career path. I like that. All right, cool. Perfect. So now it's time for the lightning round, John. We're going to get right into it. I've got 10 quick questions, and um, it's basically one to two word answers. Um for this one, actually, do you have your phone nearby? Uh, yeah. Okay, because this one, uh, there's a question on here that touches on that. So okay. um, just so you know, open up your camera roll is the way I would say to start this. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready to go? I'm ready. All right, question number one, what is your favorite carnival food? Um, oh, what's that called? Like... I can't remember the name. It's like the dough that's just you pour it out and it's fried. Uh, oh, funnel like, funnel cake. Funnel cake. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Um. So describe in one or two words the last picture you took with your phone. Uh, sort of three, but Price is Right. <laughs> 
I hope it's Bob Barker, like a Bob Barker screenshot. Um, have you ever slept on a trampoline? No. Ooh. Unlimited flights around the world for a year or a million dollars cash? Um, I would do a million dollars cash. I feel like that could do that and more. <laughs> nice. On a scale of one to ten, how good are you at bowling? Oh, I love bowling. Uh, like seven. Oh, heavy hitter. Uh, favorite Disney character? Hmm. Uh, Uncle Scrooge McDuck. Oh, classic. <laughs> if you could time travel, what year would you go back to first? Let's see. Um, like 10,000 BC or something. Oh, way like, back. Like way back. Yeah. I want to, before recorded history, I want to know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the last song that you listened to? Oh, here, I'll look on my phone again. Let's see. Oh, it's uh, this band that I saw play last night. I was looking up to see what they're about. It's called Beach Bunny. Beach Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> they're from Chicago. They're great. <laughs> awesome. Um, you have to start over in your design career. You can only have one project from your career right now as your as the portfolio piece. So everything else has been erased from history. What is that one project? Oh, I have it's a top secret project, but it's kind of a, a product vision of what something could be uh, like five years in the future from a, a operating system standpoint. Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited yeah. to see that. Are you going to release that soon? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. We'll see what happens. I have no idea. The internet. <laughs> it's, uh, that, it's really cool. So that's what I would pick. The International Man of Mystery, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Sean, thank you so much for being on the Quickie Podcast today. That's all I got for you. Oh, thanks, man. This was great. Awesome. I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your time tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Sean Clausen. I will see you tomorrow morning. Thanks. Have a great day.